0: You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston
1: College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and got a chance to relax and spend time either virtually or in person with your family and friends. But we're here to talk about basketball and football today. Uh, There were two basketball games since we last recorded. There was the uh, Wednesday game against Villanova, uh, the number three team in the country, and on Thanksgiving, as we record this, Boston College has just defeated URI. So we're going to go back and recap both of those games because there's a lot to talk about in terms of basketball. And then later in our episode, we're going to talk to Matt McGavick of Sports Illustrated's Louisville site, Louisville Report. And our always, our Friday um, co-host, Eric Hofsis, is going to come in and give us his preview on Uh, the game this weekend against Louisville. So we have everything. I mean, if you're looking for football, we got that. We got basketball. It's going to be a packed episode. So let's just jump in. On Wednesday night, Boston College opened their season against Villanova in the Empire Classic at Mohegan Sun. Villanova, the number three team in the nation, has been projected by many teams to be a Final Four caliber team or a National Championship caliber team. And believe me, when you see the players that they have, you could see why they are projected that high. So Boston College comes out, they play pretty well against Villanova, and they actually get a lead in this game, which I thought was great. You know, they the Boston College comes out, you know, they're playing aggressive. And I think that was the big key to the start of this game was you saw guys like Makai Ashton Langford and Winston Tabs and uh, DeMar Langford and other players just driving the net. And you know, causing fouls, getting fouls called called on them, and getting easy buckets, and that allowed them to really kind of hold court with Villanova to start the game. And the, you know, at one point, Boston College had a seven point lead in this game. Uh, and you know, if you looked online, it was like a lot of talk of, "Oh my gosh, is Villanova going to lose this game to Boston College?" But then the drought started. You know, if you've been following Boston College basketball. It's been kind of the hallmark of a Jim Christian offense that at some point during the game, the offense stalls out. And this is what happened in this game. With about five minutes left in the game, Boston College couldn't get it inside anymore. They couldn't drive. You know, Villanova had some really good defenders. Jeremiah Robinson um, Earl, their forward, and Jermaine Samuels. They had a bunch of good interior players that really kind of Locked down Boston College, and you just saw BC all of a sudden go from their aggressiveness to just settling for pull up jumpers, bad three pointers. I mean, at one point, Makai Ashton Langford, you know, just hucked up a three pointer attempt with like very little on the clock. And as they started to settle for these bad shots, Villanova was able to start to really chip away at that lead and 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 establish themselves with their offense. You know, they get Connor Gillespie who was hitting some stuff from outside. They could get it downside sa- inside to Jeremiah uh Robinson Earl. And by the end, you know, BC just had nothing left in the tank. They were just, you know, they were doing what they could, but it was the talent of Villanova. I know a lot of people want to talk about Coaching is an issue here, and definitely um, you could complain about what they did on offense, but for me, just watching that, it was all about talent. Uh, Villanova came into this game, and whether you want to hear it or not, they had more talent than Boston College. BC caught them off guard, but as all good teams do, Villanova eventually was able to figure out what they needed to do to stop them, which was to take away the inside stuff and force BC into shooting from the outside. And they just, that was it. And, you know, Villanova pulled away. At BC, I don't think, scored in the last four or five minutes of that game. And Villanova is now, uh, they're playing, as I'm recording, and they're playing Arizona State in the Empire Classic Championship. They're a good team. Very good team. Um, and they were fun to watch uh, play against BC. And, and credit to BC, though. I think... You know, for a team that was not projected to do that much, they they held their own with Villanova for most of that game, and it showed what they might be able capable to do. Jay Bill has talked a lot about it during the game that how impressed he was with the poise and energy of that team. So that was the first game of the Empire Classic. Now um, I'm recording this at ten o'clock on a Thursday night and uh yeah, happy thanksgiving aj right um and bc has just beaten uri sixty nine sixty four. and this was an interesting game in itself because one of the things that happened against villanova was jay heath hurt his foot um which when you saw it happen you were like oh maybe it's a cramp you couldn't tell what it was he missed the game against uri and at first that was like oh man that's gonna be a Big loss for BC because it, you know in in years past when you have a guard that is your your main shooting guard like if you lose Kai Bowman or Jerome Robinson your your odds of winning a game is not very good so when Heath the leading scorer of the Villanova game goes out you're like oh man what's going to happen they set up the starting five they have uh, Demar Langford the freshman jump in with Winston Tabs Makai Ashton Langford. C.J. Felder and Stephon Mitchell, who were the other four starters from the previous game. And again, you're like, oh, gosh. But, you know, BC goes out there. They're holding their own with uh, URI, who played really well. You know, they've got a guard there, Fats Russell, who looks like he's going to be NBA caliber. This kid held his own against B- BC. Um, and, you know, I didn't see a ton of, you know, they had one other kid that was doing pretty well for them. Uh, one of their transfers, but other than that, URI looked a little bit barren in terms of their depth. But Fats Russell, he hit shot after shot after shot. Now Boston College and URI, they're battling, they're battling, they're going back and forth. And what ends up happening is, as we just mentioned about the Villanova game, BC goes on their ice-cold run again, where they just do not score a point for I think it was four or five minutes again. URI jumps out to a huge lead. However, in this game... BC gets help in a place that you wouldn't expect it, which was really kind of cool. Luka Kraljevic, who is a guy I didn't expect to do all that much. I didn't even do a preview for him on my website, bcbulletin.com, because I figured he'd be at the bend of the bench. He comes in and uh, hits a huge three-pointer. And then on top of that, he sets a pick for Rich Kelly, another guy who did incredible tonight in terms of big minutes. Hits a three to knock beat the URI was up by six points and at that point I had just tweeted out, oh URI is on the the verge of just blowing this game open. Now BC's back in it's tied. URI you know they hit them you know right in the mouth. URI had a chance to 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 stay in that game and all of a sudden they fall apart and BC just keeps their foot on the me- the pedal on the metal and they finish off the game and win sixty nine sixty four. This was a game that I thought was great for BC from top to bottom. You know, you had guys like Winston Tabs who had 16 points and Stefan Mitchell who had 15 points. But as I just said, like Luka Kraljevic, who a, a guy that no one expected to do anything hits like the the, the the shot of the game. And Rich Kelly, another guy who is, you know, on the near, you know, not he's a 6 6 guard, you know, a 6 player, uh expected to just play limited minutes. He he jumps in for Jay Heath and does a great job throughout the game. So it was a really good game for Boston College. And BC escapes from Empire, the Empire Classic with a 1-1 one one record, which at this point you can't complain. Because they lost one to the number three team and they played well. And they beat a good URI team. So they're in good shape. And we'll see URI again in a week or so. Um, but on Monday, the basketball team takes on St. John's. And we'll, we'll preview that game on us. Uh, our Monday podcast. So before we uh, jump into football, I want to talk to you about Coors Light. Coors Light is ice cold and cold filtered and brewed. With so much good sports on, there's limited, limitless opportunities to just sit back and chill and drink a Coors Light. It is cold filtered, cold lagered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing. I'm going to go after this and go crack a Coors Light and watch Arizona State and Villanova. As long as you have that nice taste of that nice ice cold Coors Light, you're in good shape. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Light Brewing Company golden colorado this is locked on boston college this is aj black editor and publisher of bc bulletin here with matt McGavick, who is the editor and publisher of the louisville report um i get the name right right
2: yeah close enough
1: (laughs) the (laughs) the louisville site on
2: (laughs) louisville report yeah
1: louisville report and uh Matt, how are you doing?
2: <laughs> I'm experience. doing pretty good. How about yourself, AJ?
1: Good, good, good. So we're here, you know. Matt is taking time away from Louisville basketball, which obviously is the big focus. But we're going to talk about football because you know that's the big game coming up this weekend for BC fans. It's BC and Louisville. Matt, talk about this season. What has gone on? I know they're you know three and three and six and they beat Syracuse last week but it's been seemingly a, an inconsistent season for the cardinals what have, what have what has been the themes of the year so far for Scott Satterfield's team
2: turnovers turnovers and turnovers that's honestly when you boil boil it down that, that's the main thing that is wrong with this because the defense has taken a slight step forward. The offense still has some of that big play capability of connecting on those deep long shots or running for 50, 60, 70 yards, but they just do not value the football. I'm looking at there's now the turnovers lost stat. They've lost 21 turnovers. And con- conversely, as, as well as the defense has played, comparatively speaking to last year, they've only taken away nine turnovers. So their turnover margin of negative 12 is one of the worst in FBS I mean I don't care how many points you put up on the scoreboard how many yards you gain if you're if you're just continuously giving up the football you're not going to win a lot of games so right. th- there could be a whole myriad of reasons as to why you could point to where louisville has had the season they've had at this point because i know a lot of people in the local market myself included honestly thought that louisville if like everything happened according to plan could be a sleeper to make the acc championship game in, in charlottesville if the offense continued to do what they did from this, uh, from last year if the defense took any sort of meaningful step forward, there was some like chatter about, hey, if, if Louisville does the right things, they could be in, Charl- in, in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina for the championship game. And obviously, it's not exactly panned out at this point. And like I said, you could point to uh, a lot of things, like uh, the offensive line play, some of the injuries and COVID and opt-outs and whatnot. But at the end of the day, turnovers is the reason that this team is where they are right now.
1: And and that's what, you know, just as as someone who's watched Louisville and seen what they've done, you know, you see the games where it's been inconsistent. Like, you held – Louisville held Notre Dame to 12 points. And I think BC fans last week would have killed to have Boston College be able to do that. We got run all over by Ian Book in that offense. But – the bigger question, I think, you know, last year BC played Louisville and it was the big Mikhail Cunningham coming out, sh- out party. It was the like one of the first games that he started. He looked dynamic against BC. BC's defense had no chance of stopping him throughout that game. It was also the game BC lost their starting quarterback, Anthony Brown, to a leg injury. But it, that didn't really matter. BC's defense couldn't get out of their own way. Now, Cunningham has looked like he looks like he's taken a step back because as, as I was just talking to my co-host, Eric Hostess, about this, he was saying last year, at the end of the year, many people had him like just the tier below, like Trevor Lawrence. You had like Trevor Lawrence right, and in a couple other quarterbacks and then Cunningham. And now it seems like he's like down near the middle of the pack. What's going on with his season? What is – what have you – is there – are there – is he just hitting kind of a wall or or being careless with the football what's going on
2: before i dive into like what he specifically is doing wrong it it's not all on his shoulders like the offensive line has taken a noticeable step back I know on the left side we they lost uh Beckton to the NFL draft he got drafted number 13 uh, number 11 13 overall to the, he went to the Jets RIP his career but um when you have a, a downgrade at the left tackle position on your blind side to that nature and also on the right side with Tyler Hake losing Tyler Haycraft who was signed to a practice squad contract with the Giants in the preseason when you lose that much like pro-caliber talent, there's going to be some regression. Now, I don't. I admittedly didn't think the regression was going to be this bad. So, so I we should have seen this coming in in a, in hindsight but just he's not having as clean of a pocket as he had last year. He's having to make more snap throws. He's being, he's under more duress. He's under pressure. He's, he's having to scramble outside of the pocket a lot more, but in the same breath, some of the times that he does have a clean pocket or, or times that he does is able to see the field cleanly. He's, he's either making hero ball type decisions, either trying to force throws or trying to uh, gain uh, plays with his legs downfield, or he's just, flat out not seeing uh, defenders in coverage. I think half of his 11 interceptions up to this season have been plays where he's throwing to where he the receiver seems open, but then out of nowhere, a safety or a linebacker over the middle just comes in and gets the easy interception. I know in – um and last week uh, – not last week, two weeks ago against Virginia is the perfect example of that. I believe the very – either the very first play or it was the very first drive, I know for a fact, but McHale threw a pick over the middle to – just a linebacker who was just sitting there waiting for it. He was kind of eyeing his receiver a lot, and he threw the ball, and he threw a pick six to start the game. And then later on that game, when Louisville still had a chance, mind you, because of their defense and the way they've been playing all season, he was running down trying to pick up those extra yardage, and he was just trying to, fight and claw for those yards as much as he could instead of just, just trying to get down as soon as he can, and then eventually that ball just got popped out and stripped out. So, a lot of it is due to the offensive line play and some other factors with uh, the receivers and whatnot, but then on um, in the same breath, a lot of it is him trying to force throws and playing a little bit of hero ball from time to time.
1: Okay, so yeah, it, it, it was interesting, too. It sounds like at points I've heard rumors that he could even be benched for Puma Pass. Is that true? No.
2: No. no. Okay. That is... <laughs> I mean Puma Pass is he's from what I've seen in practice before it got shut down he's not he's not exactly um, had the accurate arm that he's had in years past yeah. and plus to begin the season Satterfield told Malik I don't care what happens this season you are my guy I'm giving you the keys to the offense now barring some sort of catastrophic collapse I know Malik hasn't had the best year but he's not gotten to the point where he's the reason that Louisville is losing game. Now he's, he's not, there've been times where he hasn't helped. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. he is not the reason that it, Louisville yeah. is losing a lot of these games. He still, he still, he still does a lot of things, right? He yeah. still can make plays with his legs. He still has a cannon of an arm. When, when he, when he has receivers open, he still can make some pretty good decisions and take away some of the boneheaded ones. But, He's not the reason Louisville's losing games, so any rumors or something along those lines that he's about to get benched for, say, Puma Pass or Evan Conley, that's, that's not true. Okay,
1: okay. I, I, I had heard that in, in passing, so I, was, I wanted to get that squashed. So, last question. What does Louisville have to do to win, other than prevent turnovers? What does Louisville have to do on Saturday to beat B.C.?
2: i know you said other than prevent uh prevent tunnels but that, that's that's pretty much it but they also the secondary also has to have a good uh, a good game as well they've actually had a much better season than i was anticipating i knew they were going to take uh some steps forward but as of right now they've actually got the number nine passing defense in fbs which if you would have told me that before the season I've, i would have thought you're crazy they, they would have made that big of a step in, in in that fast because last season, they just kept giving up big play after big play after big play. The secondary is actually one of the main weaknesses as part of Louisville's defense last season. But now they're top ten in FBS and keeping, uh, in holding passing yards. So if they can uh, hold Phil Jerkovic to a pedestrian day or even give them, uh, keep him in fits all day long, on top of not coughing up the ball 24-7, I think that is going to be the key for Louisville in this
1: game against Boston College. Great. Thanks, Matt. And so Matt, where can people find you? I know you have a new podcast that you, uh, you just started this week. Can you talk, talk to us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I am the deputy editor over at Louisville report. You can find that on Twitter at Louisville at Louisville Louisville on SI, excuse me. And then the new podcast is actually for a separate website. It's called from the pink seats, a little back history. Um, If you didn't know uh, Louisville's seats at Cardo stadium were uh, bleached by the sun for the past several years where they turned from red to pink. So Oh, Hence the name from I the, where that came from. Yeah. From the pink seats. Yeah. They, they were, uh, they were running joke in the fan base for a long time. So it's appropriately named, but you can find that podcast at pink seats pod and we try and record it every week. Now heading into the off season, we're not going to be as frequently, but you can find me there at, and my personal page is at general wasp. It's a long story. Don't ask.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, is your podcast on Spotify or Apple or, or is it, just it on-
2: is? It is
1: on Apple. Yes. Excellent. So check the, check out from the pink seats on, Uh, Apple Podcasts as well. Matt McGavick, thank you for coming on and uh, we'll talk to you again during basketball season where you'll be talking to me about how uh, poorly BC is playing (laughs) probably.
2: Hey, you Uh, never know. The ACC is tough.
1: Yeah. Anyways, well, uh, thanks for coming on and have a great weekend, Matt.
2: Thanks, AJ. Appreciate you having me on.
1: Take care. Locked on Boston College. This is AJ Black. Joining me, I have Eric Hosses, my co-host a couple days every week. Eric, how you doing?
0: I'm good, AJ. I had to kind of scramble to get ready uh, for the game this week, so I I can only imagine uh, the BC coaching staff having to do the same. I just had to do it for this preview.
1: Yeah, it was interesting talking to Halfley about that uh, earlier this week. He talked about, you know, at first we thought we'd have two weeks, and then it was one week, but, you know, we just had the guys ready. I'm just glad they got a week off, because it seemed like they were pretty banged up. Uh, in that Notre Dame game and just I'm sure the guys must have been exhausted and just needed that week so it'll be interesting to see how refreshed they are going into this game
0: yeah you're right because if Halfley kept talking about after the game how he wanted even the coaches to take some time off and kind of get refreshed so I think uh I think I think you hit on it I think BC was a little burned out heading into that Notre Dame game
1: So we're looking at Louisville, a team that beat Boston College 41-39 last year in an infamous game where BC lost Anthony Brown and Dennis Grossell came in and kept BC in the game um, later in that, uh, in a a shootout where BC's defense couldn't do anything to stop Louisville. Uh, What do you see differently this year? Do you think BC's defense is going to be able to stop a team like Louisville who, I know they're without Hawkins, Javion Hawkins, their running back who opted into the NFL draft. But they still have some good talent. Eric, what do you see out of Louisville going into this game?
0: Yeah, you're right there. There is some um, there is some talent here. I've I, Louisville's been a tough team for me to kind of figure out who they are. Um, you know, obviously people are pretty familiar with uh, the quarterback Cunningham, and um, he's put together a nice little career. But it's interesting when I watch them, and, and um, not not talking about stats at all, just. When I watched Louisville, I don't know, I felt like the past couple of years when you watch them, they were like one of the fastest teams in the ACC, and not just because they had Lamar Jackson for those couple of years. Like, it just seemed like they really had athletes that sometimes BC just had trouble matching up against, and I watched them this year, and and they just don't seem like they have that. I don't I don't know what they're, they're, they're a solid team, but. When you watch them, I, I don't know, something about the eye test, they just aren't dynamic as, uh, as they usually are, especially
1: offensively. And, you know, when you say that, I think the thing that has bitten Louisville hard in the butt has been the turnovers. They're, you know, if you look at teams in, the, uh, in, in NCAA football right now, there are two teams that are far and away the worst in terms of turnovers. It's Duke, and, and Louisville is right behind them. And they've had 21 turnovers. And Cunningham – who I think a lot of BC fans had opened their eyes at how good he was last year, has thrown for 11 interceptions this year. So he hasn't been as um, crisp and, and as refined as he looked last year when he really looked like he was going to be the next best thing in the ACC. Now, Eric, when you're looking at turnovers, is that going to be the the big, you know, talking point for this game? If BC can turn for his turnovers, they're going to be in really good shape.
0: I think it's a big factor. And whenever you have a, a defensive coach like Caffley while the defense hasn't always been dynamic at times this year I you know he's a smart enough coach he's going to be able to figure out how to create those turnovers for his defense and put them in the right position so I think it will be a factor and and also just to piggyback on what you said with Cunningham I I agree man I watched him last year and I thought he it was going to be the next big thing in the ACC and and and, you know, heading in the year, obviously, Trevor Lawrence was the best um, quarterback. And then, you know, maybe maybe King from Miami, I, I had pretty high expectations for. And I really had Cunningham right there, like maybe in second second or third place for like best quarterback in the ACC. And it's been clear watching him this year, he hasn't been as good as either Clemson quarterback. He hasn't been as good as King. Uh, he hasn't been as good as Djokovic. Um, that's just off the uh, Ian Buck. He hasn't been as good as him um, yeah. by any means. So, like, yep. I, I don't know. Honestly, Cunningham, uh, you know, don't want to jinx it, but he's, he's in my mind, he's been maybe my expectations were too high, but I, I think he's been a little disappointing this season, to be honest.
1: Yeah and you know I think that's been the 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 theme with Louisville this year and we're going to have Matt McGavick on later to talk more about uh Louisville from their perspective it's been their inconsistency so you have games where you've seen the Louisville defense step up i mean they beat Notre uh, they lost to Notre Dame 12 to 7 in a game that was just slop i mean it was oh, yeah. a sloppy game all over the place but then you have them losing to teams like Georgia Tech you have them losing to um uh, they beat Florida State. They lost to Virginia. They lost to Virginia Tech. So they've been kind of all over the map. Eric, what are your expectations for Saturday? Do you think this is going to be a team that's going to be ready to go against BC or do you expect them to kind of be, you know, a team that folds quickly if BC can punch them in the mouth?
0: That's a great question, especially, especially with the, I, I don't know the dynamics right now around what team psyches are when they've kind of lost out on having a winning record if that even matters to them do they do they do they switch to like kind of guys being individuals and trying to get theirs and make plays it's, it's an interesting question and that's a great one uh, for that Louisville uh, reporter you'll have on later um, what one thing that has caught my eye about Louisville when I was digging into the statistics a little bit uh, I noticed how good their past defense was um, and when I, when I break down in the stats, um, their pass defense is actually ranked right. number one in the ACC, allowing um, only 178 yards a game. And that that caught my eye as something that was really, really impressive. Um, that, then you break it down into yards per attempt, and they, they fall the middle of the pack. So it, it got me think, thinking, like, what these aren't really adding up, these defensive stats. Plus – when I watched watched their games, like the eye test, I was like, "Man, their their pass defense didn't really stick out as having like dynamic playmakers." So, I dove into the numbers a little bit more, and it it's actually I think that their pass defense a a big bulk of it is a strength of schedule thing. And what I mean no. by that is, no. is uh the 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 top four passing offenses in the ACC: Clemson, UNC, Wake, and Pitt. Uh, Louisville hasn't even played them all year, so they've avoided the top four pass offenses. They did play Miami and and who's fifth? And Miami threw for three twenty five on them, so they they didn't shut down Miami when they played a, a decent passing offense. And BC is sixth. so so out of the top six passing offenses, they played one of them. Then you flip the script and uh, you look at the bottom five passing offenses, and they played all five of those teams this year. So. Uh, you know it's funny when you when you dig in the stats that that's something when you're like oh wow I wonder if BC can throw on these guys and I I think uh, I think we'll find out that that's an overrated
1: stat and it's definitely a a product of their schedule this year. Thank you for bringing that up on an earlier episode this week I, I jumped in and kind of dipped my toes into that statistic but I didn't really dive into it like you did and I looked I just looked at the schedule and went man Louisville has a nice passing defensive statistic but they haven't really played anybody that can throw the ball, so I'm glad you broke that down for us, Eric. Eric, what do you think the key of the game is going to be for BC this weekend? I think I think it's how the offense
0: operates. You know, obviously we the last we left off, uh, we we heard about Jarkovic's shoulder injury, and now he's had uh, some, some time off. Hopefully, that's helped him a little bit. I don't okay. I, I don't know how much it has. Hopefully, uh, a, a decent amount, and I think that'll that'll, uh, that'll be the difference. You know, is, is this, and that's the question to be answered. Is this going to be the BC offense we saw earlier in the year pre-injury? Um, or, or is this, uh, or is this, is the offense something we have to reset our expectations for that? Um, you know, they're not going to be what they were earlier in the year. And another thing that's fascinating to me besides your is the BC rush offense, because, uh, Louisville, um, their while their passing defense stats are off the chart, and we broke that down a minute ago. Why that might be, their their rushing defense isn't that great statistically. So now I'm wondering, hey, is this this a ch- opportunity for the BC offensive line to get their mojo back a little bit uh, that they've, you know, I, I think they've lost a little bit over the last last few games, and I think that's going to be a uh, um, a big thing too so you know defensively to create those turnovers like you mentioned and offensively uh that's my big question heading in what is the bc offense are they
1: yeah i think i am right there with you eric i think balance is going to be the key for this weekend you know hopefully dracovic's arm is better because as we've seen his his accuracy after the injury is much different than it was before and it makes sense i mean if you separate your shoulder tell me to throw a ball on pinpoint uh 20 yards down the field i'll never be able to do that and but he you know he gritted through that. Now he's got some time, and hopefully he's rested for two plus weeks uh, on that shoulder. And Halfway's taking it easy on him in practice because I think a nice a nice balanced offense against Louisville with you know really mixing up that pass and run, which they've been able to do at times, but really hasn't clicked this year. If they could get that going this this week, I really think that will be a key for that offense. And on defense, I I, I again, it's just containing Mikhail Cunningham. Don't let him get you know third longs and and extend plays. Keep a, I know Halfway has really emphasized keeping those quarterbacks in the pocket. Make Mikhail Cunningham beat you with his arm, and I think that's where BC could really you know really uh, take advantage of this. If they can if they keep him in there and not let what Ian Book did, <laughs> and, uh, and really, really force him to throw the ball, I think BC's in good shape. So, Eric, we have a, just a couple minutes left. I want uh, – Vegas started with um, BC as a two-point underdog, but it swung pretty quickly to a BC – I just – last I had looked, BC was plus uh, – minus one, oh, 1. 1.5, so they're, they're, not, they're now the favorites. What are you What are your thoughts on the Vegas odds, and what are your predictions for this weekend?
0: Yeah, it's a great point by you. And I was just as surprised as you when I, I saw Louisville open as the favorite. I, I'm, I'm not sure if uh, that is the, you know, Djokovic news that came out two weeks ago and people kind of jumping on that. Um, maybe it was, you know, the, the Louisville statistics, uh, some of them are pretty good. I, I don't know. And BC, BC, uh, for, I don't know, as good as I, I think they've looked to my eyes this year, their statistics aren't that great for whatever reason. So, uh, if you just look on paper, Louisville has better stats than BC in a lot of areas. The, the eye test doesn't really agree with that, but it is what it is. And, and like you said, it's flipped. Uh, I Personally, I thought BC was going to come into this game as like a three or four point, three or four point favorite. So I, I was kind of surprised that they were a, a home underdog like that to start. And uh, I, I think the line move is, is, is smart. I think, I think BC is the better team um i i think um i think i think this game means more to them than it does to Louisville um and uh hey as long as as long as Djokovic's at like i don't know call it 75 80% like i i think BC wins this game uh i am going a uh, final score of
1: BC 31 Louisville 21 all right great thank you eric Hoss. eric We'll see you again next week to review the Louisville game and look ahead to the season finale before the bowl season starts against UVA. Eric, where can people find you on social media?
0: Yeah, just check me out on all social media on uh, Hoffa BBQ on uh, all those platforms. Thanks a lot, AJ.
1: I think before we, um, when all of this COVID stuff goes away, we're going to all meet up at one of Eric's um, catering up venues that he ends up at. We're all gonna get some Hoffa BBQ because if you've checked out him on Instagram, his food looks delicious. So thanks Eric. Have a have a have a great weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you. Alrighty thanks. That was Eric's Hoffes. This is AJ Black with Locked On Boston College. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC or at Locked On BC. I am the editor and publisher of BCBulletin.com. You can check me out there. And I will be back on Monday with a new episode to review the louisville game eric will join us again and get ready for uh, louisville game any basketball games from the weekend all the hockey games there's so much we're gonna have to get into i don't know how i'm gonna fit it into one episode so check us out on monday make sure you follow us on all your uh, podcast directories and we'll see you again soon have a great weekend everyone